if I listen to my heart and what I practice is trying to listen to my heart and following that often is really the key so that you know there is you live a life with no regrets. Welcome to the Travel Stories Podcast, where we bring you immersive, inspiring, and international travel stories of freedom and adventure from travelers around the world. Here is your host, Hayden Lee. Hello there, welcome back to the Travel Stories Podcast. Now listened to in over 125 countries. What's going on? That's awesome, man. Talk to me if you're from one of those weird countries that no one really talks about. And maybe you speak in a different language and I won't understand what you say, but I'll figure it out. Send it my way. Hayden at TravelStoriesPodcast.com. That's H-A-Y-D-E-N. I do answer everything. How are you guys doing? How are you guys doing? If any of you guys are in uh, Rio or anywhere in Brazil, actually, have feet, will travel. I'm there in September, early September. So, yeah. Come chat. We'll hang out. Anyway, on to today. We have on Richard Fu. Richard is such an awesome guy, man. I had such fun speaking to this guy. So he's a number one best-selling author, a speaker, a man coach, dating expert, and the questions man. Now, I know what you're thinking. He doesn't sound too much like a traveler, like, like we usually have on travel bloggers and everything like that. But what I've found, right, with people, and I think you'll find this too, is... There's certain people, so number one best-selling author, there you go, man coach, people that are thinking outside of the box when it comes to how they live their life, what they do in their life. This, a lot of the time, kind of links in with traveling as well. It's that it's that type of thinking outside of the box that makes you both want to travel and do something that's against the grain. And we really, really hit it off when we started talking about traveling. And I thought, let's get him on the show. So let's dive into it. You're listening to the Travel Stories Podcast, and this is Richard Fu. Hi, Richard. How you going? Good, Hayden. Good to be on, mate. Yeah, nice to speak to you, man. Whereabouts in the world are you? Man, so I'm, in, I'm right now in Sydney, Australia, man, so just... Fighting this winter cold over here a bit. Oh, yeah. It's not man. that cold, right? Compared to the north. <laughs> Dude, it's got to be hell on earth right there. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what is it now? Like, it's got to be what, 15 degrees? Like, <laughs> at least. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> Two blankets to go to sleep in. It's not what you think Australia should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, it's one of those things. I mean, uh, down in Melbourne, it got to, you know, five degrees or something like that. I was talking to my talking to my family back home. I'm like, yeah, it's five degrees. And they're like, what? I, I thought you were in Australia, you know? It's like, come on, that's not what Australia is. You know this, <laughs> you know? Yeah, man. Yeah, it gets quite cold, but, you know, nothing like the north, right? Nothing like in the northern hemisphere where it's a lot more colder. Oh, yeah, but man, in England about now, it's like 25 degrees, something like that. We're loving it. Absolutely Beautiful, loving man. It. Is this, in fact, is it hotter in England than it is in Sydney right now? Yeah, well, you guys got summertime, right? I think like well, the hottest yeah. year is... This is how it goes. You win some, you lose some. <laughs> you can have your two days of sunshine, guys. That's okay. <laughs> we'll take them. We'll take them. <laughs> cool. So what are you up to in Sydney, man? Right now, man, I am working on my business, right? So my online coaching business and we're about we're just preparing to actually take off to go into Singapore to launch it over there. And you know, from there, let's let's take on the whole world. 
Awesome. That is the exact mentality that I thought that you would have judging you on your business, man. Your business is amazing. Like I said in the intro, Richard is the founder of The Ultimate Man. Is that right? You're the founder, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Fantastic. Yeah, he's the founder of The Ultimate Man and many other things, it seems. I've been checking out your website. There seems to be quite a few offshoots of it. You've got a lot of stuff going on, man. You seem like a busy dude. <laughs> it looks like that, Hayden. It looks like that. And some people come over and they're like, what, Richard? How did you build all of this? And, it, and honestly, man, it, it's a lot of like work it, that, to get to that point, man. And you know, we had to pivot away from something else beforehand. It took like three years, right? Mm. Three years plus to get to that point. So it's a lot of iterations, a lot of tweaking. And yeah, it seems like we do a lot of stuff, but it's also because I've learned how to like systemize things and just learn how to actually get other people to do it because I've already done it myself and built that system to make it simple for them. Mm, yes, that's one, putting the structure in. So can you explain to our listeners a little bit more about The Ultimate Man, what it's about and how you help men? Yeah, of course, man, of course. So what The Ultimate Man, let me let me ask you a question here, Hayden. Right? Let sure, me man. flip the table for a bit. Ooh, I love it. I <laughs> right. love this. Right, let me ask you. So, you know, Hayden, what do you think? How would you describe an ultimate man? What's an ultimate man in your eyes? Hmm. I think the ultimate man, I think he has freedom to do what he chooses to do in any moment. And I think he is, as well as that, he is very honest about both his intentions. He is entirely transparent about his actions, what he means when he talks to people. He's not afraid to say no. He's not afraid to offend. He's not afraid to do anything if he's acting with his true self and he's being transparent to everyone around him. That's what I think. Yeah, man. Beautiful, man. I love that. And so awesome. from that, it sounds like it's authenticity, it's integrity, yes, it's honesty, it's love. And then for me, I'll throw in other stuff like, you know, compassion, right? Mm. And, and empathetic and all these other things. And this is the interesting thing here, Hayden, is that, you know, your perception of what an ultimate man is ultimately what you want to be. And my perception of an ultimate man is what I want to be. Mm. And it's the same for every other guy who's listening on here, right? Interesting. Is that, you know, it's not what I say it is, not what you say it is. It doesn't matter what that is. It's it's what they want it to be. And we help guide them up to that point, right? Mm. And for us at The Ultimate Man, we really focus on five key areas, which is, you know, the first thing is purpose. A man's got to be on his purpose. It has to be heading in a direction. Otherwise, it's like, where are you going, mate, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. I had to drop in the Aussie accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. It's got to be done. I'm not giving the team... Uh, you know, enough. You've got to, you know, pick up the slack. It's all cool, man. <laughs> Love it. So that's the first part. You have to know where you're going. And then the second pillar we call it is wealth. You know, I mean, people say money's not that important, right? Or people try to pass that off. But the truth is in the world we live in, you have to have money and you have to make sure and respect money because it helps you get more of what you need. Mm, right. I heard something today, actually. Sorry to cut you off. I heard something. Yeah. It may have been Tony Robbins, but he said that money is portable freedom. And I love that, man, because it, it, it's it, that's what it is, man. It's It can buy you the freedom to do what you want. And another thing that I always think is it's incredibly hard to give £100,000 or dollars to charity when you only have three dollars <laughs> you know what i mean mm. it's hard to do the mm. things you want to do even if they're philanthropic and anything like this it's hard to do it if you don't have that wealth so man i agree with that fellow what's next yeah and you're right man it's it's that money is that portable freedom money is the amplifier for what you want to do mm. and how to make that impact so that's that's the second pillar the third pillar is about health right because 
Hayden, you probably understand this, right? Is that, you know, there's at the end of the day, we took away everything that we had, the material stuff and everything else. At the end, there's only two things you can actually control in your life, right? It's how your body looks and also what goes on in your mind. Those are the two temples you have control, full control over, no matter what happens if everyone just took everything away from you. Mm. And if you don't have those two temples in control, if you're not respecting those two temples, then, you know, what else? If you can't even control what you can't control, how, how are you going to enjoy the rest of your life? Yes. Right? Yes, absolutely. And so, yeah, so that's the third pillar. The fourth pillar is, you know, what we call the mindset, right? So, the temple of the mind, like what's really going on in your mind? Are you actually behaving in a way where you're helping yourself or are you blocking yourself from moving forward, right? And having that resilient mindset whereby, you know, this is the thing here, Hayden, that a lot of people think, you know, failure is the opposite of success, mm. right? But the truth is this, you know, the opposite of success is doing nothing, yes. right? It's staying comfortable, and failure is actually on the path to get to success. That's it. And the last thing is, you know, the most important one I think is love, right? Is that we, we are men, we're, we're humans, we are social creatures. We're not meant to be, you know, we, as much as we want to be or perceive that we're supposed to be independent, mm. right? We also need to have proper human connections and that's with our, our most intimate partners and with our friends and everyone else that we impact in our lives. And so, that's what the whole ultimate man's built upon is about those five pillars and, and aligning those five pillars so that you can raise the roof of how far and how, how high you can actually go with your potential. Mm, I absolutely love that. You really are building the ultimate man, focusing on these five things. And if you've got all those five things down, I can't think of much else that you could add to to that that i can't mm. think of any other pillars that you can add to that that really really would would help to define the ultimate man so that is great i really really love that man where can where can people find that online they can just head over to my website it's just richard foods phu.com where they can just check out the videos that we have right and just a lot of re free resources from there and you know check out the blogs that we write on there as well Nice. All right. Brilliant. We'll link that up in the show notes. Now, just to change gears for a second, Richard has been defined as having vulnerability and commitment to living the most fulfilling life possible. That is a quote right there. I love that oh, one. Oh, man. Where did you pull that from? <laughs> that I is, love that. <laughs> that is from Izzy Arkin, founder of the 30-Year-Old Ninja. Ah, uh, yes. That sure yeah. is. Yeah, I'll do my research. I'll do my research. <laughs> <laughs> my question about that is, do you think this this commitment to living the most fulfilling life possible, Do you, a lot of time that comes from having traveled, to bring it back to travel, and having seen the world and having seen how you can live, how other people live, and what is possible, how much freedom is possible, how much life is possible. A lot of it comes from travel. Did your, did your realization of this come from travel or did your travel come from the realization of this? Oh, good question. Good question. And it's, it's interesting. It's not like I went out and said, all right, I felt vulnerable. Now I got to run away from it and go traveling. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think the, for me, where I realized that I could be myself was really, yeah, when you do travel and you experience and see how other people live, right? Mm. And, and, not only that, it's to see that, you know, how good, and I think it's not just about the vulnerabilities, more about, you know, how good do I actually have it, mm. right, in Australia and, you know, us in the Western world. When we go to places like when I went to uh, Colombia, right, in South America where, you know, there would actually be a water truck, 
right? Driving around every week, right? Hayden, water truck and people lining up with like the buckets mm. and huge bottles just so they can get water. And I'm sitting there going, wow, you know, I can't believe that this has to happen here. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Because of that moment, when I, for my recent birthday, my 30th birthday, I signed up with this charity called uh, Charity Water. Have you heard of it before, Hayden? I haven't, no. Uh, you, you should check it out. So basically, this it was founded by this. Uh, I think his name was Scott Harris, right? And he he was a like nightclub organizer, <laughs> right? So he was living it up. And then one day he's like, "What is my life? What am I going to leave mm. behind?" You know, I'm waking up like at four p.m. every day, getting you know feeling hungover, and all these other people are just like drunk all the time. There has to be more than, than this. And so. He went out on this expedition and he went on this like, you know, those huge floating like medical uh, ships, mm, right, that yeah. just do human aid and he realized how much more people needed help and so he created this charity called Charity Water where the, the most important thing for us to live here, Hayden, isn't just food, it's, it's actually water, right? Yeah. If we don't have water, we're going to die in probably like a few days, mm. right? Well, if you don't have food, you can probably survive for probably a week or something like that. But, you know, so he decided that, you know, there's people who don't have access to clean water. So he would help people raise money, right? So for his own birthday, he said, you know, guys, instead of me having a, a club night out and, you know, drinks and all of this stuff, how about this, guys? How about instead of you buying me drinks, buying me presents, I want you to donate this money to this charity so that we, we can go into Africa, we can go into Asia and build a well for a community and I'm going to send you photos and it's going to be on Google Earth and all of this other stuff and you know you can see that the impact that you made to one community from building a well with clean water for them. Mm, how uh, great is and, that? Yeah, man. And so for my 30th birthday, I said, guys, I don't want gifts, I don't want presents and dinners and drinks and whatever let's you know if you could donate 30 us dollars right and it's still actually up I, i'm not sure when this is going to be up right and it's 30 us dollars and i set a target of like you know i thought 30 of my friends or family you know dropping 30 30 dollars 900 dollars would be good yeah right yeah. so we smashed that target right? no way, nice yeah and so you know i don't know how we got here but yeah i mean <laughs> just when you put it out there it's just you, you, see, you experience a lot of things when you go traveling. You see things that, you know, kind of scare you, that kind of like freak you out and like, I don't ever want to be here or I don't want to do this again, right? <laughs> and, and it's about bringing those back and applying them into your life and realizing that, you know, you see other people living in tough conditions, other people being real for once, like when you travel. And when you see that, then I'm like, I got to start being real with myself. Mm, yes, yes. That happens an awful, awful lot. When people are from very developed countries like UK, Australia, US, then, and then they go to somewhere that's obviously not so developed, third world and everything like this, then they always seem to come back with that new vigor for wanting to help these people. And it's, it's because, I, I suppose it's because they're fellow humans and you can see, I mean, the thing is, we know, we know stuff like this is going on. We know some people don't have food, some people don't of water we know that this is going on but it's not until you see it or you're near it or it's kind of affecting you in a way it's 
only affecting you because you're there, you know, and you're seeing it, that you mm. decide to act on it, you know, in a weird way. And when people come back from travel and they see these things, it really does change them. A lot of people become, like I say, philanthropic and everything like that. And there's a lot, a lot more changes that are very similar that go on. So say they go somewhere and they see some people living differently, not in, not badly, and they're not in need of much, but they're living differently, but they seem a lot happier, then you'll often see that change take place in that person. But I think the tough thing is when you get back to, you know, a developed country, and you've changed so much inside, and you've had all this growth um, inside yourself, and, and no one else can see that. And it's very hard to... Um, integrate back with people that haven't gone through these changes do you know what i mean did you have you ever felt that feeling where you've come back from somewhere you've changed and you've grown so much and you can't relate to the people that you used to anymore have you ever had that feeling yeah <laughs> it's a good question man it's a good question because you know i don't just always travel for like holidays i also travel for like say seminars or courses those kind of things and so i go to a lot of transformational things as well and I know what you mean where you come back and you're like, you know, you have a different view of things, mm. right? And then you come back home, your family, your friends are like, you know, they're, they're the same, yeah. right? They, they probably haven't changed that much. And it's always a challenge, right? It's always a challenge to come back. And, and the thing is, is like when you learn something new that you love a lot at that point in time, you, your, your first thing that you want to do is just want to share it with the world. Oh, yeah. Right? You want to share it with everyone in your world and then so you're like god you gotta come to this you gotta do a tony robbins thing you know you gotta say yes <laughs> just say yes right All this. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then there's like i don't need that right and I, I was there too you know i was there too and i i did a lot of that stuff and then what i realized was and what you said is a lot of the change is in, internal and it's not out there yet mm. right and when i say out there it's not because we need to start applying the actions. Yes. Right. So when you go travel, you whether it's for a course or whether you just happen to go for a holiday, and then you learn something about yourself or you learn something that you want to apply more, it's it's all knowledge first, mm. right? It's all in your head, and that's why it's all internal. But then what you really need to be doing is really stepping that up and taking the right actions, right? And and so what I learned was. Don't dictate or tell other people this is what it should be. Just do it yourself first. Show them, and then they, then you know, your family will be like, "Hey, Richard, what happened?" Right? Your friends will be like, "Hey, you know, you, I see that you did this. How, 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 how did you do that? Can you show me?" Then they're ready for you to help them. Then they're ready for you to share more, so that you know. Then, you know, if they want to, they can come join you on that on that level. Or if they don't, then you're okay. You just switch off and you just enjoy their company. Right, mm. and that's a real interesting challenge for a lot of people who come back from traveling or courses and those kind of things. Man, that is—it's something I've been thinking about uh, for a few days now. That feeling of coming back and and not being able to integrate. But man, you've absolutely killed it there. That is the answer that I was <laughs> kind of trying to find in my own head. But that is absolutely it. Coming back from somewhere, you've got all these new thoughts, all these new feelings, all this growth. Now you're trying to—if you're in this state where you feel that you can't, you can't be with anyone that's that's here and has been here and hasn't gone and learned all this stuff and grown with you and you can't relate to them that means you're trying to integrate back into where they are i.e where you were but if you just continue mm. being who you are now with all of your growth and accept it and like you say utilize it and 
put it into action, then you're being who you who your true self is. And it doesn't matter if you can't if you can't relate to people right now, because as long as you're being your true self, man, you've absolutely nailed that. That is the exact answer mm-hmm. I was trying to think of. That's brilliant. Thanks for that. <laughs> you're man. welcome. And, man. Uh, yeah, I'm glad we did this. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So you've got a story for us today. Yeah, Hayden. So back a few years ago, I did this epic trip with a bunch of friends, six weeks over in Europe that included going to like, you know, Amsterdam for Queen's Day. Mm. And there's a big group of us. There was like eight or nine of us. And then there was just this one week where I went to Austria by myself, first time ever traveling by myself with absolutely no one with me. And funnily enough, the first night there was something wicked that went on that I thought I was like, I was just ready to die. <laughs> so if you could give this story a name, what would you call it? You've seen that movie Hostel, right, Hayden? Oh, man, who hasn't seen that movie? What a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And so my story would be called, you know, am I in the movie Hostel? <laughs> yes. All right, brilliant. I love that. Brilliant. You're listening to the Travel Stories Podcast, and this is Richard Fu with Am I in the Movie Hostel? So, listeners, this was what happened when I went over to Vienna, Austria. I was excited for it because it's going to be the first time, you know, you get that huge feeling where have you ever been on the plane and you're knowing you're going somewhere by yourself, you don't know what's going to happen, yet you're kind of fearful at the same time you're excited. It's like midnight by the time I get on the, the train, the U-Bahn, right, and we get to the hostel and I'm looking at on my Google Maps and you know, I'm so confused, right? I'm, I'm trying to work out all these, you know, the, the German words on the, on the street. And I got my huge backpack behind me and I'm knocking on the door, you know, and I'm knocking, first knock, you know, nothing happens. It's a huge door, one of those classic wooden doors that really look like it's, it's blocking a fortress here. And I knock again, I don't hear anything. And this guy magically appears around the corner and he just looks at me and I look at him and we don't say a word. And then he just pushes the door open. I realized actually this hostel that I'm going to, which was like the, one of the best ones in Vienna, is actually not a building itself, but a unit. And so we're walking up the stairs and this is the thing, he's, he's, kind of, he's a total stranger and he's, he's not even waiting for me. I'm like, is this guy like part of the hostel or what? Because it seems like he came at that time when I buzzed the door and then we're walking up and he's not waiting for me and he's not helping me and all these other things. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to have to like hustle up, right? And I'm carrying my backpack as quickly as I can. And, you know, can you, you can imagine like one of those horror movies where it's got a long corridor, you know, a long hallway and there's no white lights. It's all red lights because it's like 2 a.m. And, you know, and then it's funny, like get up off the stairs. I finish the first flight of stairs and I turn and I see that he's not going up the stairs, but he turns around the next corner and I'm like, hmm. And then it's just me in this empty corridor and I'm like, holy crap and then I I get to the end of the corridor and I turn and as I turn the corridor I just get that glimpse and you know those horror movies where you just get a glimpse of the other person or you know whoever it is making the other corner and I'm like okay this is freaky as I'm trying to chase and catch up to the other guy 
and then we go up another flight of stairs and then as a same thing happens again the next level I, I get off the stairs and I look to the left and he just turns the corner to the right and I'm like all right I'm probably gonna die tonight and it's okay I've lived a good life and then as I get around that next corner he opens his door and he goes in and he shuts the door and I was like oh no he was just a resident who lived here he wasn't part of the hostel so then, uh, you know, I remember on the first level, I, I walked past this guy and he was an American guy, it seemed like, who was just on the phone, on the floor talking. And I walked back over to him and then he's like, hey, man, you you here for the hostel? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, good, good. It's over here, man. And then when 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 I met that guy and I, I stepped into the hostel, you know, I was just in absolute relief, you know. This was just my own classic horror story. I was, I was just really waiting to die. <laughs> and the moral of the story is, is that you know, sometimes we're gonna get pushed into really scary situations and it's, it's how you deal with it, it's how you fight through it and how you get through it. And that is my horror story from Vienna. Man, I love that story. Thank you very much, dude. Thank you. Welcome, man. Welcome. That was a lot of fun, man. The one thing I was thinking whilst listening to that was, <laughs> so you're following this guy, right? And he's ma just making it around these corners whilst you're behind him. You just see him turn a corner. You go behind him. You turn the same corner, right? I bet he was thinking the same thing that you were thinking. There's a guy <laughs> following me. Oh, God, I'm going to die. He's still following me. <laughs> he's looking yeah, back. and he's got... And he's got this huge backpack. I can probably fit my body in there, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That poor guy, man. You probably ruined his night. <laughs> uh, and he saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that poor guy. So uh, what, made you, what made you carry on walking? So when you're halfway through and you're thinking, man, this is sketchy. Like, what's that? It, was it the, the kind of notion that if you turn around, you're just going to be on the street and like, you'll have to find another hostel, probably be just as bad and everything like this? Or was it, was it something else? Was it just like, no, nah, I've just got to get to this room. I've just got to get to, you know, head down, just get this done. What, what was going through your mind? Oh, honestly, I was like, this guy must be from the hostel, right? <laughs> so he must know where it is. And, you know, it can't, it's, got, it's got to be fate, right, that he came around that corner pretty much you know, when I buzzed that bell. Mm. And, you know, so I was like, huh, it must be right. <laughs> and then when I realized it wasn't right, then it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> I'm back <laughs> on me then. At least <laughs> yeah. I'm inside now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, this is a thing, man, that comes up with a lot of these stories, a, a real lot of these stories, is putting that trust in strangers. And I think... I think it's kind of similar in this story. You had no idea whether the guy was, you know, taking you to the right place or not, you know, whether he knew it or not. But it's you knew you had no control over that situation as to whether or not he was taking you to the right place and whether or not you were going to die. But yeah. but you had to relinquish that control and just trust in, well, this could probably work. You know what I mean? How important do you think that is both in travel, obviously, you know, taking chances, chances and trusting strangers, and in life as well, relinquishing control and, and putting faith that something will work. What do you think about that? Oh, that's such a good question, Hayden, man. And <laughs> I think I'm at my best at half 11 at night, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're going to sleep after this chat, man, but <laughs> yeah. like, it's, it's so true that not just in travel, not just in you know, other areas of your life, but it affects every area of your life. And 
people people are always looking for control, right, Hayden? Mm-hmm. It's always we're trying to control everything that we can. And you know, when I went to Tony Robbins' event, the Date with Destiny, he said this really powerful quote. He said, "You know, the 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 quality of your life is directly proportional to how much uncertainty." you're willing to face and handle for yourself. Oh, I love that a lot. That's brilliant. Yeah, and so the moment we release control, the moment we put more trust in other people and, you know, depends on whatever happens there, it doesn't really matter. The more uncertainty you're willing to face, especially with travel, especially with your life, right, the more willing, you know, you don't have that many expectations. It's not like, you know, oh, I expect you to do this and if you don't, then I feel... I feel sad, right? Because when you put these expectations, it's like you're trying to control to get to the end result, mm. right? But if you just let it go and, and be okay with whatever happens, right, which is the opposite of control, right? It's n- not having control and just letting it happen as is and obviously you can influence it, mm. right? But the moment you have, you let that go and you let that control go, you're able to actually live a better life. You live more stress-free. Control, I find that control only comes with stress, Right, when you try and control something, like you get more stressed because it's not getting controlled. It's not doing the thing that you're meant to do. Yeah, and that perfectly ties in with. I was on someone else's podcast, and we were talking about regret, right? And he framed this really well because, as we see it, there are two types of regret. You can try something and it can fail, you know, and that would be you would regret that you tried it and it failed, you know. And the other type of regret is you didn't try something and you regret not having tried it, right? And so he reframed this. He said the second one, having not tried something and not, you know, not gone out and maybe to put yourself out there is regret. But the other one where you try something and it fails is not regret. It's just disappointment, you know, and, and the regret is such a, such a larger feeling <clears throat> than disappointment when you know you could have done something if you'd have been in the been in the right place or you had an opportunity to do something and you didn't do it that is a big big regret compared to the disappointment where you're on a path and you you face a setback you face a certain failure on your path there is a bit of disappointment involved but there's no need for regretting that decision you made because it's on the path that you're creating but when it comes to travel that regret that you feel when you do miss out on these things can be really, really big. There's a few moments in in my travel and in my life that that I regret not having, you know, stayed those extra couple of days to see what happened or gone with that guy because he probably wasn't going to kill me or gone with, you know what I mean? There's those things that regret can be really, really big. Have you ever had one of those moments where you could have gone somewhere, you could have done something, but for whatever reason you didn't and you've thought about it in the future and gone, man, why didn't I do that, you know? Have you ever had any uh, any time like that? It's mm, a good question because I'm thinking about it and, and I'm glad you, f- you framed it up because, the, the, you know, if you try something and then it doesn't work out, it's regret and then you broke it down to it's actually not regret, it's disappointment. I was going to say, how could that really be regret, right? Yeah. It's kind of like... You know, you when you if you try something, especially if it comes from your heart, and Hayden, and for the people listening here, I'm sure there's been moments, right, where your head says something, and your heart says another thing, mm-hmm. right? And I break it down like this: is that you know, let me ask you this question here, Hayden. Sure. Like, how many times have you followed through with your head over your heart, right? And and when you did that, you know, and it didn't work out, did you feel a bit of regret afterwards? Yeah, I think. 
Yeah, there's a, there's moments I can think of in my life where I've weighed up the pros and cons, written a list, and like <laughs> objectively, this is the thing I should do. And you're kind of talking yourself out of what your heart wants to do because maybe you're scared or maybe something else. And yeah, it's never led to, to any sort of fulfillment, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But let me flip the other the other side of the question here is that you know, every time, Hayden, every time you listen to your heart over your head, even if that's never worked out, have you actually felt that regret? No, I don't think you I don't think you can, you know? Yeah. I don't think you yeah. I don't think you can because how can you regret something that if you believe in destiny, I mean I, I don't per se, but if you believe in destiny, if you're following your heart, that's what you're destined to do. So how can you regret it if you you know, if you have no control of it? And even if you don't believe in destiny, if you follow your heart, you don't really have control over that. So how can you regret it? You know? Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. Exactly. Man. That's 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 a powerful thing here is that every time you follow with your heart, it's like and it doesn't work out. You're like, no, it's okay. I, I gave it a shot. Yes. Right. And there is disappointment. Yes. Right. Because it didn't turn out the way you wanted mm -hmm. it to be. But that disappointment doesn't last that long. Right. That disappointment disappears. And you always look at it as like, at least this was a good experience. Mm, yes. Right? And that's, that's one of the most important things that I've learned is that, you know, if I listen to my heart and what I practice is trying to listen to my heart and following that often is really the key so that, you know, there is, you live a life with no regrets, right? Mm. But there, there will be regrets. There are going to be times like you're saying, you know, I should have done this, I should have, I could have done that or, or, or wish I did that. And the question here is then, and it's not, you know, why didn't you do it? It's like, why can't you do it again, mm. right? Why can't you go, like, for example, my Europe trip, I really wanted to go Iceland, Right, mm. Iceland's a beautiful country, and I really wanted to put it in, but we just couldn't fit it in because even flying from I think the UK, it's like another eight nine hours or six hours or something like that, mm. and it's just too far, yeah, yeah, too far. And I, I for a little while, I kind of like regretted it, but then I'm like, but you know, I'm 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 30 now, Hayden. I mean, still got how many more years to go hit up Iceland? Yeah. So you know, I can say I woulda, shoulda, whatever, coulda, but why why can't you just go relive it again? Yes, definitely. The scarcity mindset, you know, like there's a limited amount of opportunities. I have to say yes to them because otherwise I'll miss the one of them and I don't want to miss any of those opportunities. It's the the saying yes to everything I don't think should be seen as like that. You know, the, the like you say, the fear of missing out. I don't think it should be seen as like that. I think it should be seen more as an openness, you know, when one does come up and your, your heart is saying, mm -hmm. come on, dude, let's do this. It's that that I think is beneficial to follow, you know. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I really like how you put that, man. The last thing I want to talk to you about is Forge Your Life, the podcast. Can you tell our listeners about that? Uh, with pleasure, man. With pleasure. It's, it's <laughs> one of the things I love to do. And this is how we actually started The Ultimate Man. The Ultimate Man started as, you know, kind of like imagine all these podcasts, but I took them off and we, we had videos and we created a kind of like a virtual summit, right? Instead of people coming to a room and seeing all the speakers, it'd be more like me sitting down on the couch with the guy who wrote like Men Are From Mars and Women From Venus, John Gray, or the guy from The Secret, John Martini, and, and, and probably 18 other guys just interviewing them about those five pillars, right, of what it means to be an ultimate man. And this five pillars doesn't just apply to men, but applies to women as well. But we wanted to help more men. And so we created the whole Ultimate Man Summit. And basically, we took that and that's its own thing now. It sits there. And from there, I just enjoyed interviewing people so much and connecting with people and learning from people that 
I decided to create an interview podcast just like yourself, man, right? <laughs> and to pull in these experts, right? Modern day thought leaders and people who are up and coming who you've never heard about, but they're sharing different perspectives. That's what the podcast is really about. Oh, wicked. Well, you've got a you've got at least one new subscriber and that's myself. Yeah. That's fantastic. Man. Awesome. Man. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on, dude. It has been much, much fun. Thank you, man. Much and thank fun. you for having me on. No problem at all. And where can people find you? They can head on over to richardfu.com, P-H-U. And that's probably the best place to find me because there's all the social links. And, of course, you can go on Facebook, Twitter, and just type in my name and it will probably pop up. And they're the easiest places to find me. Brilliant. All right. Thanks again, dude. It's been great. Thanks, man. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Sometimes we're going to get pushed into really scary situations and it's it's how you deal with it it's how you fight through and how you get through it thanks for listening to the travel stories podcast get in touch with hayden on twitter at travel stories uk or online at travelstoriespodcast.com where you can find all of the show notes and resources Subscribe to the show to join us next time for another immersive, inspiring and international travel story on the Travel Stories Podcast.